Hello and welcome to Oh No, Ross and Carrie, the show where we don't just talk about fringe science, spirituality, and claims of the paranormal, but show up ourselves. Yep, when they make the claims, we show up so you don't have to. I'm Carrie Poppy. And I'm Ross Blotcher. And in this episode, we will take a spin with vortices. And also talk about your trip to the Bigfoot Museum. That's right. Yes. I followed in the big feet of... (laughs) Bigfoot. <laughs> we did two separate investigations apart yeah. from each other. It was oh, very, so sad. Very and sad. Lonely. Month, I know. <laughs> but but first, a lot of our listeners are probably thinking, "What? It's January first, two thousand twelve, and and the, the the world was supposed to end, and Ross and Carrie didn't do anything about the apocalypse." I'm. I'm not going to listen anymore. And we feel your disappointment mm-hmm. uh, because because we really wanted to join some sort of apocalypse group, some some group of people who felt the world was going to end on December 21st. December 21st, right. was supposed yeah. to be the end of the Mayan calendar. Right. And we are recording this. The at, Maya calendar. I learned. Oh, not there's no adjective Mayan. Mayan it, only means the language. Well, thank you so much for clearing that up. Oh, yeah, no problem. I was just just pretending I did not know that so you could have this teaching moment for our... Oh, yeah, sure. Sure. Hanging my head in shame. Yeah, we uh, we looked around, but in L.A., we couldn't find any groups that were really taking the apocalypse seriously. Yeah, which I guess is maybe a good thing. Right, yeah. After we got our frustration on that point, we realized, wait a second, that's actually a good thing. Probably. I I mean, because there's no end. I mean, unless it turns out to be in the world and we're recording this and it never gets aired because we're dead. Right, because we are recording this eight days prior. So we are working on the assumption that the apocalypse did not happen, the world is continuing, that we... We have edited this episode and that it is showing up in your iTunes or RSS feeds on the 1st of January 2013, which I am hereby proclaiming Year of the Critical Thinker. Oh, God. I mean, okay, yeah. What's the matter with you? (laughs) You kill Joy. Okay, what is it? Why? Well, because the world did not end in 2012. And also because it's, you know, 2013 for all the triskaidekaphobes out oh, there. Oh right, and because it spells yacht, y o c t, like yacht. What are you talking about? Oh, year of the critical thinker. If you don't use the t, yacht, yacht. It's all like right, you're, it's like you're on a yacht. Oh, that's gonna catch on. Big time. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. It's a good time to be alive, and we should all be thankful that the world is not ending. Assuming we are alive. Mm-hmm. I've had lots of calendars in my life, that and they've ended. all ended, right. and here I am. So I do have high hopes. All right, so... So what did we do? Well, I went on a special mission by myself, and I I live-tweeted my mission, which is very hard when you keep your investigations a secret. Mm-hmm. So everyone was just tweeting back, like, okay, <laughs> but what is it? Well, you're always cagey anyway. I think yeah. you put, like, some posts on Facebook, and people are like, oh, this must be Carrie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they do. But a few people guessed right away that it was Sedona, which really? is where I was. Yeah. Impressive. I said something about how this might be the most beautiful place that we've done an investigation, oh. and then right away People are like, it must be Sedona. And they're right. It a is beautiful a place. beautiful place. Oh, Ross, I can show you the pictures. Hold on. Okay. All right, Carrie's wandering off to get pictures. Yeah, I haven't heard what she's done, so I'm really eager to find out what Carrie was doing in Sedona. And uh, some people, Carrie, may not know what Sedona is. Right. It is. It's, it's a state of mind in the state of place. Arizona. It is a city in Arizona that is... Gore- wow. So it's in the middle of Red Rocks. There's and- tools. Yeah, I'll explain this. Some guy's butt, you, <laughs> pig statue, uh, coffee. Hold on, hold on. <laughs> uh, candles. I can't keep up. She's scrolling through these really quickly. There were some coins. Me. Carrie looks confused in this picture <laughs> Look at of that. herself. Oh, okay. We've got, yeah, a beautiful rock outcropping. So, Red rock, kind of like we saw when we were out in the desert for the Rayleigh. Yeah, exactly. Um, not too far from that, because, of course, this is in Arizona, and that was in Nevada. And supposedly, Sedona is also the home of four energy vortexes. And they say vortexes, and they will correct you if you say vortices. Really? Uh, they specifically say vortexes. Yeah, it's like a local thing. Okay. So there was this woman named Paige Bryant who originally said that, I believe a spirit she channeled told her that there were these four spots in Sedona that are energy vortexes. And that means that the energy collects in such a way that when you go there, you have a special spiritual intuition, you have 
feelings of euphoria. You can have a sort of transcendent knowledge that you wouldn't have in other places. And Ross, you're blinking at me like you're skeptical. So when did she do this? That was in 1980, I believe. So oh, it was actually pretty recent. Mm-hmm. I think that's right. That's just a I little... could be wrong. Someone's Googling it right now while listening to the show, and I may be wrong. Yeah. But recently, yes. Quick Googling. Just be happy the world didn't end. Okay, <laughs> jeez. Now there have grown all these claims around going there, like... If you go there, you can experience mental, emotional, and physical healing. Mm-hmm. Um, claims of some more miraculous healings, like you know, healings of cancer and things like oh. that. But more just emotional healings. People sort of getting their lives back in order when they go there. Okay. Yeah. When I think of Sedona, I just think of it being like the hot spot for every kind of new age. You know, crystals yeah. mm-hmm. and meditation. And, and it absolutely is. There's a Reiki. new age store on every corner a holistic medicine practitioner on every block. You know, it's the equivalent of the Bible belt, but it's like yeah. the... New Age belt, yes. The New Age belt, there yeah. you go. That's the buckle of the New Age belt right mm-hmm. there in Sedona, Arizona. Yeah, and... Uh, Even uh, rhymes, that's pretty cool. What does? Sedona, Arizona. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. How did I not notice that? What? That's embarrassing. Yeah. Maybe I did and I forgot. Yeah, you're trying Let's to hang your head in shame. Well, uh, one other thing that they have going on there is that some people claim there's been UFO activity over that area as well. How far from uh, Area 51 are you at that point? I don't know. There's something someone else can Google. Yeah, go Ross Google and I that. right now are in a location where we cannot use the internet. We have no so internet. Oh my goodness. We, we can usually stop and check to make sure we're not blowing a uh, hot smoke up your butt. <laughs> right. But... We're going commando here. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so as I was preparing for my trip, I looked to see... What other stuff was going on there that I could participate in? I found a spoon bending class, which I was really excited about. Oh, I can't wait to hear about this. You're going to be very disappointed. What? Before I left, I met with the magician, John Armstrong, who taught me how a magician bends a spoon. Oh, he's great. Yeah, he is great. He's a local close-up magician in Los Angeles. He taught me how a magician bends a spoon, and he felt that anyone doing a spoon bending class would be doing something similar. And he was like, well, this is how I would do it. Why don't you try doing it in the class and see Mm -hmm. if it freaks everybody out? So we'll talk about that. So yeah, going there was uh, a little expensive because I was coming from Los Angeles. It's a beautiful, beautiful trip, so it felt worth it. So anyway, I got on the ground, Ross, and the very first thing that happened, the very first conversation I heard in Arizona, mm-hmm. which is not exactly known for being immigrant-friendly, right. was someone saying on the phone that he wished it weren't illegal for him to shoot immigrants. Oh no. The first thing. What? Yeah, and I and I immediately just wanted to give this guy the what for and then I was like, maybe I should wait and see if this is a common thing. Right. But it turned out he was the only one the whole trip who okay. said anything awful. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, that's but a fine. Welcome to Arizona. Fine, how do you do? <laughs> yeah. Pretty awkward. Um Holy and crap. I had to ride for two hours next to him on the uh, shuttle. What? Awful person. Oh, man. Awful person. Anyway, I got to, to Oak Creek, which is right next to Sedona. The The second day that I was there, I went to this local crystal shop. And I said, hey, I'm going to the Vortexes in the next couple of days. Um, do you have any suggestions for me? And she's like, oh, yes, definitely. Did you actually say Vortexes at that point? I did. You... I had read about how oh, you oh. don't say Vortexes. Gotcha. Okay. <laughs> You know what? I think you could start up a new clothing store and call it Vortex Tiles. Very nice. Oh, which reminds me that we should give a shout out to uh, Rebecca Watson, who is the co-host of Skeptics Guides to the Universe, a podcast we both enjoy, Yeah. who told us to make sure that we call them Vortexperts. Vortexperts. Rebecca Watson. Pretty good, Rebecca. Anyway, I went to this crystal shop and asked if there's anything I should bring to magnify the experience of the Vortexes or anything to help me have a better experience there or mm-hmm. anything. Carrie is holding and, these two crystals. Yeah, they had me buy these pieces of quartz, and I got several of them because I was supposed to bury some at the sites of the vortexes. Oh. And the others you hold on to. Mm-hmm. I'll give okay. you one, and All I've right. got, one. got one. And apparently quartz is supposed to magnify any emotional experience you're having, so you don't want to hold on to it if you're really sad. It will, it'll just magnify oh, the sadness. Oh, gotcha. All right. and I'm pretty having, happy right now. Yeah, if you're having a happy experience or you're in love or whatever, you hold it, and it would, like channels that and makes it stronger if you're happy and you know it hold on to this quartz crystal and it will (laughs) amplify your happy feelings 
I think that's why they left that out of the song. And then I also got you something, Ross. I got you Ooh, a present. This little bluish, grayish stone increases your logic and reasoning. And I felt like you're kind of a dummy, so you'd need that. Um, I'm in. We can always use a boost. Uh, okay, why? Why does it do that? This because looks it's like some kind of particular stone. This looks like any old stone that you I would find anywhere. I think it's called Luddenite. Luddenite? I think so. Because I'm not a Luddite. Okay, thank you. You're welcome. Why? Nice. You know, you could be more enthusiastic. Do, do, she said you can set it at your desk. At my desk. Okay. Yeah, like at know, work? Yeah, to help you focus. Okay. Think hard. Or I'm not Oh, Sodalite. Okay, so this is Sodalite enhances logic and mental clarity. Mm-hmm. $2. Yeah, it was $2. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I also got this book that we have in front of us called The Call of Sedona, Journey of the Heart by Ilchi Lee. And I've, this guy reminds me of Michio Kaku. Is that a dish? A physicist. I don't who's know on TV is. all the time. Very well uh, known. Well, I don't have TV. Like, I have a TV, but I don't have TV. You have an ATV? <laughs> <laughs> that one could have gotten you around in Sedona. <laughs> You're the worst. <laughs> I really am. <laughs> um, so he talks about each vortex. Is he a vortex bird? Mm-hmm. And there are different powers, and different ones increase your masculine energy, and different ones increase your feminine energy. Mm -hmm. uh, what's amazing about this story, though, is he glosses over incredible parts of his life. Like, he, he lives in Korea and says that he wants to go to Sedona and visit, and he does, and he really loves it. And then I spend three weeks on the top of a mountain not sleeping. You're like, what? Tell me more. You did what? And <laughs> right? then he'll explain for like a paragraph. Oh, yeah, I almost fell over a few times. But anyway, it was beautiful and I got all this clarity. And then I went down the mountain and I realized that my family was starving because, oh, by the way, I have a wife and kids who I had left for two months. <laughs> <laughs> Glossing over some important details. Yeah. He was, trying to, he was trying to pattern himself after the life of Christ. Hey, I'm really important, baby. Oh, I'm gone. Oh, look, I'm here. I'm 12. I'm at the temple. Oh, I'm gone. Oh, look, right. I'm 30. <laughs> Right. <laughs> kind of. So I kept like reading it and there would be three pages of just like, oh, if you stand in this place, you'll feel the spirit of this tree. And I'd just be sort of glossing over that. And... Oh, so he like tells you places to go. Yeah. There's and, really and nice... that's really dense. And then all of a sudden he'll say, oh, and by the way, I have Tourette's. And you're like, what? You know? <laughs> There's some really beautiful placid photos in here that, you know, just peaceful. Placid. Placid. <laughs> placid. God damn it. <laughs> placid. Those are, they got me for a second. Yeah, Vistas. red rocks. Yeah, red rocks, yeah. clouds. Yeah, very, very calming. I read all that. I was ready to go. So uh, before I went on my Vortex journey, I have to mention a cabbie I had whose name was Tree. Who lives oh, in Sedona. Wow. His name was Tree. And then... I said, oh, you're a tree. I'm a flower. My last name is Poppy. Oh, nice. And then he looked at me way too intensely and said, well, aren't you sweet? And then I was like, oh, Ooh, okay. Creepy tree. And then, <laughs> and then as he, so he dropped me off where I was going. And then as he was taking me back, he was like, I'll take $10 off this and give me a hug. And I did uh, because it was a very expensive cab ride, <laughs> oh, Ross. No. And it was much too long a hug. Did you feel dirty afterwards? Yes, I did. He's yes, like, I'm I getting about $10 yeah. right out of this. <laughs> yeah, it was so uncomfortable. But it was so expensive. Cabs in Sedona are ridiculous. They're ridiculous anywhere. My mm -hmm. apologies to any cabbies who are fans of our show. <laughs> I hope we have a cabbie contingent. There's probably some. We would like a cabbie to write in. Yeah, please like do. That. Um, or even if your name's cabbie, that's fine. Or Gabby. <laughs> yeah, we'll settle. So... Anyway, on my first day of actually going to the Vortexes, this guy named Kurt picked me up, and he runs a company called Inner Journeys, and he just takes people around Sedona, and he does all these various tours. He does a Vortex tour, which is what I signed up for, but he also does these healing tours, something called the Heaven on Earth tour, where yeah. he'll, he'll take you around, and he'll do Reiki on you. He'll do, like, some special energy channeling stuff. Wow, he's a one-stop shop. Yeah, he is. And he takes you inside yourself Takes inner journeys yes exactly mm -hmm. and he runs it with his partner his female life partner mariposa so anyway i called them i set up this tour he came and picked me up and the first place he took me was a vortex called bell rock i'm guessing it's shaped like a bell mm, 
That's a good question. I don't know. I was on top of it. That's what she said. <laughs> this is the view from the Vista of Bell Rock. Gorgeous. Is, yeah, just completely beautiful. Wow. And he said this particular Ooh. vortex. These are great pictures you can't see. <laughs> You'll see them on Facebook, though. So uh, he said that this location balances the male and female energies and the energy of earth and sky. Mm-hmm. So he had me stop and meditate on those different places on the earth and on the sky and think about the different ways I felt when I thought about each. Then we talked about that. Did you meditate and in a certain way? Did you like sit down? We, we were doing standing meditation. So we stood in what I would call tree pose. People familiar with yoga will know tree pose, but it's like basically your, your feet are shoulder width apart. Your knees are not locked and your arms are at your sides in an A shape. Not to be confused with tree, the cabbie. Right. Yeah, we did that for a few minutes, and we talked about the different ways we felt, um, which was, you know, all pleasant. I didn't sure. feel any transcendent feelings, but it was a nice, you know, calming, and a clear beautiful experience. location. Yeah, gorgeous. It's hard to have a bad time there. Right. And then he asked me what I do, and I said, actually, I'm here because I host a science podcast, like I just decided to tell him. I okay. don't know why, but that's what the spirit moved me to do. There you go. And then he said, oh, okay, well, then I'll tell you a little bit more about the science. Um, but, you know, I don't entirely trust scientists and I said oh that's fine actually what we're really about is sort of the overlap between science and spirituality so that's you know this is a perfect place for it he's like oh that's great that's great well I can't tell you how old these rocks are because people disagree but I can tell you they're very old and I okay. said okay well when you say people disagree do you mean by thousands of years or millions of years or billions of years or what right. and um, and he said uh, well carbon dating is really inexact especially for dating rocks and then and then the creation stories vary quite a bit so anyway I can tell you they're really old so not exactly a science answer but mm. but all right sure. but an honest answer a, a curt answer yeah <laughs> Oh, he told me that on this mountain, he's seen healings of fibromyalgia, migraines. He also started telling me about his own experience with ear candling, which I mentioned. Oh, yes. oh well, you know, my friends and I, we tried ear candling. He got ear candling. I watched. And I told him about your experience. And anyone who doesn't know what I'm talking about can go to episode two. That's right. And hear it. Um, and I talked about our experiment that we did on the air where we burnt some candles outside of your ear and they filled with so-called wax as well. Right. And he was shocked by that, very earnestly shocked and uh -huh. said, oh my God, that's, well, that's very suspicious, isn't it? Oh, and good. I said, I said, yeah. And then he stopped and he thought about it. And then he said. You slipped in this rock, didn't you? <laughs> no. He, he thought about it and then he was like. Well, you know, it worked for me. <laughs> okay, personal oh, experience right. overrides all right, then. obvious <laughs> yeah. disconfirmation. Yeah, So then, but I told him, like, oh, well, Fair you enough. should go buy some candles too and see if it's the same. He was like, yeah, it's a good experiment. And then meditate so on was, that. He was open to it, yeah. Good, good for him. Anyway, after this, after we had spent probably... 45 minutes up on this mountain and the tour is only supposed to be two hours for four vortexes mm. i was like shouldn't we be going you know because right. i'm just doing some quick math in my head yeah. here do we teleport to the next <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i'm thinking like four vortexes i'm no mathematician but it should be about half an hour at each right he he was like oh yeah we should go and then he drove me to this lake and again, I'm no geologist, but I know a lake from a mountain. Right. And I'm like, isn't this a lake? <laughs> and he said... I think, I think you're the geology expert in this particular <laughs> of group. this pair. <laughs> it was just you and him? There weren't other yeah. people on this tour? Okay. No, it's a private tour. Yeah, it's like, isn't this a lake? And he's like, uh-huh. Carrie's got her arms akimbo. Were you standing yeah. there with your arms? like? <laughs> no, I was sitting in his car, okay. starting to wonder if I should have gotten in his car. Yeah, and he's like, yeah, this is a lake. All right, is there a vortex here? I thought they were all on mountains. And he's like, no, there's no vortex here. Okay. And then he like started leading me down this really windy road down this. I know you're giving me a scared look. Yeah, I'm, look, I'm, I'm here. Everything's I'm creeped fine. Up. That's true. You made it. <laughs> but he like led me down this windy road past a bunch of very pretty mountains. Past... Carrie's moving her hands in the serpentine fashion. Oh, yes, fashion. sorry. Past a Native American gentleman banging a drum for a bunch of white people laying on their backs saying, aw, and putting their one hand in the air. Oh, do you get to join them? No. That sounds really fun, actually. No, but Kurt did tell me, oh, that guy's a big old sexist. He hits on all the women. But we, we went all the way down to this river, which took a while. And then we got there and I was like, 
okay, it's a river. All right. So what's what exactly is this? And he's like, a river. And I'm kind of staring at him blankly because I don't know what to say anymore except this is a Vortex tour. Right. You know, like I've just run out of things to say. And so he says, have a seat. And then he laid out a blanket and he sat me down and he said, this is one of the most holy places in Sedona. There we go. And there I, we go. Yeah. And I only take a few people here, but I can tell that you think outside the box. So... I wanted to use my tuning forks on you. Yes. And now it's getting good. Okay. <laughs> so that's when you mentioned, Ross, as I was flipping through my photos, you said, oh, tools. Yes, those right. Were, they looked like a bunch of wrenches. Those were his tuning forks. And I've only ever used tuning forks ah, to tune yes. instruments, but apparently you could also use them to find the vibration of a certain person's energy. Okay. So I sit down on this blanket you see before you. Mm-hmm, very and nice. He has me close my eyes and think about things in my life that I want to get rid of, which was pretty easy to do having just quit a job. And then he's like, okay, think about those. And then I'm going to to lightly tap you with these tuning forks. (laughs) And then for the next six or seven minutes, he is banging these tuning forks all around my ears and body. That big one. That big one looks a bit scary. You could knock someone out with that. But yeah, well, he would hit them on his hands next to me, not like on my body. Oh, and then wave them around. Yes. Okay. Mm -hmm. And they made pretty noises. But that was one of those what the fuck moments because here I thought I was on a vortex tour and now I'm being tuned like a violin right. <laughs> what's going on here you know I, I'd still consider that your money's worth that sounds pretty fun it was pretty good but this whole thing was I think it was $120 and I only got to see one vortex before you were done really that was it the first yeah. one now I'm, I'm curious about the vortex I mean w- was there a particular size to this vortex? Like, you know, you are standing inside the vortex now. Oh, you just stepped out of it or? No, uh, good question. From, you know, and there are different accounts depending on what you read. Some places will say, oh, you can feel this at the base of the mountain. And others will say, oh, you should really go to the apex and whatnot. Okay. I, Generally, it's the whole mountain, whatever mountain they name. Okay. I always kind of wonder, like, if it slowly ramps up, like there's this gradation of vortex force i think most people would say yeah that that it's the strongest if you're at the top of the mountain okay but most of the things i read said oh yeah just at least go up to the base and you'll feel it so the curtain was done and i was a little dismayed so that night i went and talked to someone at the visitor center of sedona who works in sedona who's a sedona native and asked him what the best things to do in sedona were all right, I'm here. I'm here with Sean, and Sean tells everybody the best places to go in Sedona. Where's the best place I should go? I, okay, the best places to go in Sedona. Well, I think the spookiest place you could go would be going out to Jerome, where there are. Where there definitely is. It's one of the haunted, most haunted places in Arizona. You'll hear crazy stories out there. Doors slam and close. I mean, a lot of personal encounters just from locals and people who go there. You know, of course, they make the ghosts mad too by by offering you know haunted tours. Sure. But uh, pretty pretty neat deal for sure. Check that out. Okay. And of course, going up to Bell Rock, which is one of the most powerful vortexes. Also, a lot of UFO believers and enthusiasts like to go up there at night and. Uh, do UFO watching, so those so are two spots to check out. I'm excited about the vortexes. Do you think they're real? Is there really special energy running through them? You know, I, I, I don't feel anything personally, probably because, you know, all my testosterone block that stuff out. But in reality, if you do go there with a compass, it'll actually start spinning. What? So there is energy Now I there. need to get a compass. A mechanical compass will start spinning if you're using a smartphone. I'm not going to endorse any, but if you are using a smartphone, <laughs> in any direction you point it, we'll point it in north. Okay. All right. Thanks, Sean. So Testable I, claim. Yeah. So I went and got For a compass. D- the next day, I went out to all three of the remaining vortexes. So I believe vortex two was at Schnebly Hill. Schnebly. I went there on my own. That one was really hard to find. And actually, they give you these visitor's maps if you go to Sedona that have little pictures of the vortexes. But since that's not why most people come to Sedona, they're Mm -hmm. not that clearly labeled. So it's kind of hard to find. But I finally found it. And that place was so beautiful. And there's this uh, nice windy path that takes you up to it. And there were a lot of people there, like pilgrims, you know, to experience the vortex. Not with like the big buckle hats or anything. <laughs> right. The, the literal Spiritual kind of pilgrim. seeking pilgrims. Okay. Right, exactly. So I went up to this mountain and I had to ask a couple of people like, oh, do you know, if, is this where the vortex is? Just to make sure it was in the right spot. Mm-hmm. And they were like, oh, yes. 
this is it, you know, by the twisted junipers. And then I looked, and there are these very twisted junipers mm. that encircle that vortex and mm. the others that I went to see. So these could just be trees that are indigenous to this area, but they mm -hmm. were supposedly twisted by the vortex energy. Okay. And so this one couple said, oh yeah, sit against the mountain, it moves. And I was like, it moves? And they mm. said, yeah, sit against it. And so I went and I sat with my back on it and it was very warm and very lovely, but it did not move. Well, yeah, and move relative to what? Itself? Yeah. Yeah. How like, would you feel that? I think relative to the ground. It, the like, tree does or the no, the mountain. But the gr the mountain is the ground and the ground <laughs> is the mountain. They're all connected. Right. So how so would you feel any relative happen. motion? Yeah. That particular slope where the vortex is supposed to be is sort of a, a hill on a mountain. Yeah. So I think they were thinking of it as disengaged from the larger mountain, oh. if that makes sense. Obviously, and, it wasn't. Right. It didn't seem to be, in my experience. But um, Yeah, because if it's moving at a different rate than the rest of the Earth, you think our mapping applications would have a real hard time with that. You'd also think it would be, you know, a phenomenon you'd hear about the world over the spinning mountain. Yes. Yeah. But yes. anyway. Okay. I sat and I buried a piece of the quartz, as I was instructed to do. Oh, and yeah. then I held onto another piece of quartz and I thought about life and the beautiful place and everything. And it was mm -hmm. quite lovely. And then as I was leaving... This man ran up to me and he said, ma'am, 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 this is for you. And then he held out this, this rock that was shaped like a heart. And he Aww. said, he said, the earth gives these to me and there's, I'm supposed to give them away. And I saw this one and I knew it was for you. And I said, oh, thank Aww. you. Oh, that's so sweet. And then he said, listen for my flute. And I said, what? <laughs> he, said, <laughs> you know, he should have stopped swear... before. <laughs> he, he was doing really well. <laughs> it starts to sound like I was in Lord of the Rings. Just <laughs> <laughs> so he said, I've learned to play the Native American flute. I'm going to play it for you. And I was like, okay. And then I started heading down the mountain. And he started playing this gorgeous Native American flute. And I'm listening to it. I was listening to it, and I stopped and listened, and then I clapped, and I said, oh, it's so beautiful, and he waved his flute at me from the top of the mountain, and then as I was leaving, I was like, oh, so lovely, and then this girl comes walking up to me, and she's like, flute guy, and I, <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, yeah, it's beautiful, and she's like, yeah, where is he, and I like pointed at him, and she's like, oh, yeah, and then she like kept walking, and then she's like, oh, there's one of his stones, and I look, and he had put another heart stone in one of the trees, oh, like, just... this is just his bag, he just hangs out on this mountain and finds cute girls and gives them rocks he and plays the flute. And wait. <laughs> so anyway. I love how she just ruined that whole moment. <laughs> flute guy. Oh, and I did take out my compass. Yes. Found north immediately. Okay. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so, well. Well, you tried. Yeah. And it stayed um, there. It didn't move around. Yeah. No. I was like, that makes sense. That's from once I came and I headed south. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh. Yeah. But from there, I went to Cathedral Rock, the most populated of the vortexes, because it's next to this beautiful lake and people just go there to hang because it's like a park. As I was walking up, there were... Stacks and stacks of stones that humans had clearly lain. It's where it's a large stone, then a smaller stone, then a smaller stone. And there's and kind of like up. dark, porous looking ones, and there's lighter ones. Right. And these were all oh, over. Stone stacks. Just, yeah, like okay. people had laid them. Uh -huh. And I didn't know what the hell they were, so I thought maybe it's some kind of little homage to the earth, so I made my own. I think I did a pretty good job. Nicely done. <laughs> Thank you. And then I continued on my way past all these rock stacks and I found the place where the vortex is supposed to begin. And it's this long stretch of red rock that you can sit on. I just love how this guy like told you about this whole compass thing and he probably never tried oh, it Oh, clearly hadn't. Yeah, clearly had just heard that. So you're supposed to sit on these flat red rocks and you can feel the vortex energy there. And I could see these people sitting there who were like praying together. Again, 
didn't really feel anything, walked around for a long time, pulled out my compass, again, found north, There's north. right away. Right away, no spinning. Consistent. So anyway, the last vortex is called the Airport Mesa Vortex. And guess why it's named that? Because <clears throat> planes land on it? Yeah, it's an airport. Oh. Yeah. Okay. So that kind of screws it up for me. Yeah. Like here I'm supposed to be at a spiritual place and it's called airport. <laughs> it's an airport. Juno plane goes over. It's a non-commercial airport, so it wasn't so bad. <laughs> yeah. But but yeah, like you're walking up and you're like, oh, this holy spiritual location. And then you see like a rent-a-car sign. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not quite the same. I went there in the morning of the day I left. And, um, and that place was really beautiful again. Um, I went to the very top of that one. So uh, that one's supposed to have strong masculine energy. Again, have to say, all I sensed was a beautiful view. I didn't mm-hmm. didn't feel in touch with my masculine side particularly. Right. And again, my compass found north right okay. away. Okay. Right away. Right. Here's where it gets crazy. Okay, so it wasn't crazy up till now. No. Okay. No, it wasn't. I'm ready. I'm going to hold on to this stone. The night before I left, I said to myself, I said, Carrie, when you get up early for your plane, you should go to a diner and have some hash browns before you have to go because I enjoy a good hashed brown. Mm -hmm. So I went to the Red Planet Diner, which is a UFO-themed diner in Sedona. I went Uh there at like 9 p.m. or something. I like their logo. That's pretty cool. I'd like to see your menu. I'm thinking about coming here in the morning. And he handed me the menu and he said, where are you from? And I said, Los Angeles. And he said, what brings you here? And again, moved by the spirit, I said, I host a science podcast. I was here to see the vortexes. And he said, do you want to know what they are? Oh, yeah. And I said, yeah, I do. And he said, I'm a geologist. I got my master's in geology from Northern Arizona University. And I did my master's thesis on the vortexes and what they really are. And I was like, holy shit, sit down with me. Perfect. So his name was Jonathan Sprague. Mm -hmm. And he drew this diagram that, again, we'll scan and put into Facebook. This is excellent. This is, uh, I'm not an artist. I'm a geologist. (laughs) This is Cathedral Rock. All right. Give you a little cactus and some birds. (laughs) There we go. And about 350 feet underneath Sedona. Is a unilateral substrata fracturized quartz with hematite flecking. Okay. Right? And this stretches mm-hmm. from Jack's Canyon all the way to past the Pataki Ruins, which um, uh, six miles that way. But he basically said that the quartz that lies under the ground under each of these so-called vortexes becomes so hot with energy, if you will, at certain times of the year that it radiates this electricity that actually does have a psychological effect on some people. And that this will give people senses of euphoria. It only happens 9 to 15 weeks a year, he said. But then you have all the lore built around it, and then the... Was he able to identify which 9 to 15 weeks? You know, after... There was this torrent of information, and after I left, there were so many questions I wished I had asked. And one of them was, well, can we predict when those times are? Right. But I didn't catch that. But wait, he works at the restaurant? He works at the restaurant. He's a waiter. It was all totally out of nowhere and bizarre. So this is and no then, advertisement for getting a geology. <laughs> right. And then and then he said, you've probably noticed these stacks of rocks where there's a big rock stacked with a smaller rock and a smaller rock and yes. a smaller rock and a smaller rock. And I said, I have. Well, we put a piece of quartz in the middle of those and the quartz will vibrate during these times that the electricity is strong and then the stack will fall. And that tells the locals that it's time to turn our cell phones off so they don't fry. And that's when I thought, oh, no, are you crazy? (laughs) Here I thought we were having this lovely conversation, but maybe you're cray-cray. So I'm not sure, Ross. I'm not sure. But he encouraged me to go and find his master's thesis at Northern Arizona University, which I think we should do. And our our listeners, I urge them to try to find Jonathan Sprague's master's thesis as well. (laughs) And I would love to talk to a geologist about what they think of this this claim. Wow. Yeah, pretty good time. Very nice diagram. He draws a mean mesa with a little cactus on the side. Yeah, I was feeling... And a lot of like pluses and minuses for positive and negative energy. And there's like these radiating lines coming out. He's done this before. And I admit, as he was telling me this story about the energy radiating, I was feeling skeptical, but I was going along with it. I was like, okay. But then when he talked it, about... It sounded like there was a mechanistic explanation yeah, there sure. for a bit. Like it seems possible. So anyway, the bad news is, Ross, that because 
because of stupid Kurt and me having to run around and find all these vortexes myself, uh-huh. I missed the spoon bending class. Oh, Kurt. I know. Mm. We we traded those spoons for tuning forks. Oh, um, nice. Oh, oh, one other thing I did on one night was I went to Jerome, which is the ghost town in Sedona. Mm-hmm. It's an old mining town. I happened to go half an hour after the tourist operation there closed. Okay. So I just walked around it myself. That is one boring-ass ghost town. I've been to a ghost town in Arizona, but it was a different one. Oh, okay. But who, boy. I was like, at least, come on, a scary sound. Okay. Let let me see something weird. I was going to say, what are you expecting? It's a ghost town. There's nobody there. But they said that it was supposed to be the most haunted spot in Arizona. Really? Mm -hmm. And you you just didn't feel haunted? I just walked around. Nothing happened. I I mean, I thought for sure, like, there will at least be, like... An errant noise I don't understand or something, you know, but mm-hmm. nothing. Yeah. Not a thing. Okay. Anyway, so <laughs> I went home and on the way home on the shuttle, one guy said, hey, did you go to the Vortexes? And I said, I did. Yeah, it was beautiful. I say I didn't feel anything, but it was beautiful. And he said, did you bring a compass? And I said, yeah, it didn't do anything. And he said, what? Mine went crazy. And I said, what? And he sent on my cell phone. My compass went crazy. Okay. So I don't know what that's about. He seems earnest, though. Yeah. All right. Yeah. That's his... So uh, there's a lot of unanswered questions in Sedona, yeah. I have to say. All right. And uh, you were near the home of Bobo the Beaverneck. Did you get to see oh, him? Oh, Ross. Bobo the Beaverneck really is dropping it on the communication. Mm. He needs to stop writing so many blogs and right. answer my goddamn emails. <laughs> Bobo the Beaverneck has failed us all. Ugh. Yeah, no, he, uh, he's not very responsive. I know, this is one of the downsides of actually inviting people into our investigation before it's complete that you get to hear when we just don't get to finish them because some knucklehead like Bobo the Beaverneck just won't return your phone calls. So... That sounds fun. You went to Arizona. You uh, you did not find anything that was a verifiable think, vortex. Yeah, I think that sounds fun really sums it up. Nope. It's not. I didn't feel anything deep and important, but it was beautiful and it was fun. It would have been nice if you at least saw like a dust devil or something like that out there. Not, uh, e- not even that. That would have been dust a dust devil. What is that? That's like when, you know, like a little air current kicks up oh, and sure. picks up a bunch of leaves and nope. dirt. That would have at least been a vortex. Yeah, that would have been nice. Nope. Nothing. Nothing. But beautiful, oh! beautiful vistas. But you know what I did see? Creepy people. I saw a, what's his name? Everyone's favorite architect. Uh, Frank Lloyd Wright? Yeah. I saw a Frank Lloyd Wright church that was very lovely at the top of one of their mountains. And I went in their gift shop. And inside the gift shop, one of the things you could buy was, uh, you know how you can get those little charms of different patron saints? Yes. I found the patron saint of obesity and dieting. Whoa, both of them. St. Charles. Borromeo. Borromeo, patron saint of obesity and dieting, and perhaps even better, their pro-life tokens, which say, pro-life, the most previous gift of all. Most previous? (laughs) What? (laughs) They meant precious, and they're all oh. mistyped. <laughs> but it's the most perfect typo. Previous. Oh my goodness. In the womb. <laughs> the most it. previous gift of all. Now you know that large, lovely Catholic church near North Hollywood is Saint Borromeo Church. Oh, the one. Uh, yeah. the, the mural that you're always gabbing on about. Yeah, well, because oh, okay. my talented friend Danny Galliotti painted it. But, but you know what, Danny? Ross has never seen it. And every time he drives by, he says he needs to go see it. Damn you. Damn you to <laughs> hell. And then you also comment on how you like that Mexican restaurant on the other corner. Ernie's. So you've been there like six times and never do your friend's painting. Yeah, well, the t- one time I went to church there was before he, he did the mural. And when was that? A long time ago. <laughs> all right, all right, Jesus. You are the worst. I am Exactly. The Jesus is mad at you. Pretty much. Um, anyway, while I was doing this, you were off doing something else. Right, okay, so you're in Arizona, and I went back to my hometown. Which is Santa Cruz. For a census. They called a census, and I went to the place, did of, you really? place of my ancestors, because that's what you do in a census. Is that really why? No. Oh. <laughs> You know the whole Jesus story? Yeah, no, I get it. All right. (laughs) (laughs) I just thought maybe you really did. 
So I come from... Oh, which reminds me. Stop everything. Do you watch the Victoria Jackson show? Everything is stopped. And no, I didn't know who that was until you kept posting <laughs> oh stuff. Oh my God, everyone. At first, at first I thought it was like some friend of yours. And like Carrie's like really gung-ho about this friend of hers, Victoria Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, she's the most crazy person. But anyway... Well, tell she, everybody what... what Victoria it, Jackson was an actress on Saturday Night Live in like the late 80s, early 90s. She is an insane person, but she has her own show online called The Victoria Jackson Show, where she just goes on and on about her crazy ideas, and she's very against the current administration, for example, and okay. has some pretty wacky reasons why. She she made this one video about trying to vote and how difficult the system is, and she flies back to Maine to vote and she's like, I had to fly back to Maine because the only other option was to have my mom sign my ballot, and that's voter fraud. So I flew back to Maine, and now I'm broke. Um, mail-in ballot? She hadn't ordered one. <laughs> okay. And that's our government's that's fault. That's what we call laziness. Right. And then you fly to Maine and complain that you wouldn't let your mom sign the thing. Anyway, the point is, you went to the Bigfoot Museum. So I returned to my hometown of Santa Cruz, mm. California. Santa Cruz. Santa Cruz, I see. Holy Cross, that's what it means. Oh, right. Holy Cross. Uh, we were visiting family, and I decided, you know, it's time that I do some things in Santa Cruz that, for some ridiculous reason, I've never done. Oh, you had sex with your parents. <laughs> I don't even know how to respond to that. I can tell. But it's still something I've never done. I figured... I need to go to the Bigfoot Discovery Museum Absolutely. in the Santa Cruz woods. Okay, so so my wife and I were having a grand day. So we were out there hiking nice in Mark's few miles. It was great. We go to the Mission, and then we drive up Highway 9, which is this beautiful windy road through the woods. I've been along this road so many times in my life, and I've always seen this Bigfoot Discovery Museum. And... Hello, you think I would have stopped at some point at the Bigfoot Discovery Museum. Yeah. But, but no, I'm always on the way to visit my dad who lives up in the mountains there. You are the worst. That's it. I'm finally going to see the Mission and I'm finally going to go to the Bigfoot Discovery Museum. So Museum. We, museum. <laughs> <laughs> so indeed, we did. So yeah, a little bit outside of Felton, California, mm -hmm. little town in the woods there. Okay. It's just this little building. It says the Bigfoot Discovery Museum in the front here. Nice. And the B in Bigfoot is like a giant foot. Print. It's got little, oh, little, yeah, like little toes hanging there. off the top. There are some wood sculptures in the front of various gorillas mm -hmm. and hominid-like creatures. Uh, so anyways, we walk inside this little building, and I'm thrilled to finally be there. And it's just wall-to-wall -wall covered with anything related to Bigfoot. So any articles mm -hmm. uh, from magazines or newspapers, they've been cut out, they've been Xeroxed, they've been pasted up there. Anything related to hominids in general or even gorillas. And so there's just all these like stuffed animals and there's like an elf doll and there's like an album from Harry and the Hendersons mm -hmm. and there's just like glass cases and you can just barely fit through this thing. After I looked at all this memorabilia, I could hear the proprietor kind of in the back. It's a very small building. You kind of turn around this corner and then you're there in his little area and you're done. That's it. That's the entire oh. extent. It's like this kind of one room right. museum, but he's crammed everything he possibly can into that. At that time, he was on camera being interviewed by some people about the mountain dulcimer, which is an instrument, mm -hmm. a very particular one. And so as I'm looking around, I see this postcard. There's a bunch of postcards with these really bad drawings. I don't know if maybe he kind of moonlights as an artist or something, but one of them has a Bigfoot playing a mountain dulcimer. Mm. <laughs> so that was... Nice. Quite sweet. Yeah, I took a picture of that. And then there's like a TV and it's just playing on loop like the Patterson footage, you know, that famous uh, video sequence of this uh, ape hominid, you know, walking through the, the woods and then it kind of looks towards the camera. Right. And it's m maybe four or five seconds, right? Right, short. right. Very shaky, but, you know, various people have like stabilized the footage and so they were showing that stabilized version of it. And uh, apparently I learned this for the first time when I was talking to him after a little bit, that it's supposed to be a female. I never oh, knew that. Oh, okay. Yeah. One of the people involved did later on say, oh, it was a hoax and we used the suit and everything like that. But right. many people continue to believe, including this gentleman. So... And, uh, and in fairness, anyone could pipe up and say, that was me, I made it up. Right. That would be an easy thing to do. Sure. Uh, I waited for the interview to finish. He was talking to the film crew, so I kind of jumped in there. And I was like, oh, I had a friend who used to play the hammered dulcimer. And they're like, yeah, different. That's not a mountain dulcimer. 
Whoa, sorry. Oops, a doodle. Yeah. Oh, oh, Holy I was, moly. I was totally... Actually, they're vortexes. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> so change the subject to talk about big feet. And so I, I mentioned... <laughs> What are you laughing at? It's just funny having to say big feet. I assume that's the plural. Yeah. You're like proud foot. Proud feet. So anyway, so I got to talk to Mike. That's the name of our salty sea captain friend. Mm -hmm. And I said, I noticed near the front you had like a chronological list of Bigfoot sightings. And they went like way back into like the days of the Ohlone Indians saying like, you know, they had reports of hairy men. Well, and then I mentioned how orangutan comes from, you know, man of the forest. And he's like, exactly. Mm. And he was like very proud of me for having come up with that. But the more recent one had said... He said that in the voice of like a grandpa who narrates an 80s movie. Pretty much. Exactly, young man. (laughs) Right. So I pointed out that the most recent one had been crossed out and they had like given a new sighting. It was Ah. like in 2009. So I said, oh, I noticed that latest sighting and... 2009 and uh you know i wasn't even aware that there were local sightings and i you know lived here most of my life he said oh no there's even more recent ones in fact the most recent is in nicene mark those were the very woods that Kara and i were hiking earlier that day that was the latest sighting and was it that day no it was like a year ago and were they like it was a it was a bigfoot couple and they were okay. They okay, were small and brunette. <laughs> oh, you mean they're talking about right. me? Right. Yeah, you it, get it. We're not nearly tall enough to be Bigfoot. Okay. Yeah, you'd be small feet. It got better. He said, "Not only was it sighted there, but I saw it and I got video of it." As, Ooh. Yeah, and on the website, you know, they're like promoting all these videos, and he's always in these online discussions. But he said, I have a video that hasn't been published yet because I'm waiting for experts to verify it. Ooh. Vortexperts? Big footsperts. Uh, <laughs> forget it. You can't do it on that. So I said, Any chance I could see this? Yeah, I'll play it for you. And so he turns around, he's got. <laughs> it's just like that you're a flute guy, right? Yeah. <laughs> But he he has a little like iMac, like the old kind. So he turns around and uh, loads up this footage, playing it on loop. Mm -hmm. And I'm looking at it and it's like this camera just kind of panning through the woods. And like, "Uh, I'm not seeing it. He's like, no, I stabilized it and I zoomed in. And he's very proud of himself. Like he's been using Photoshop. This guy, you know, he's got multimedia savvy. And so he starts telling me the story as he loads up the next video. Aptos. Aptos. Oh, nice in Mark's area. Gulch Road. This is Trap Gulch Creek right here. Okay. This is an apple orchard. It's full of ripe apples. They're falling from the tree because they're so ripe. There's a, there's a brick wall here with a security gate over here. All right, come see this. Um, we were on the hillside because the man said he had proof there was a Bigfoot over there. Okay. We looked at all his proof and we said, sorry. We don't think this is proof of anything other than wildlife activity mm-hmm. and natural phenomena. He was reading a little too much into it. So we said thanks, though, and we were starting to head out. And it, the sun was setting behind the hills up above us. Mm-hmm. And just then we heard a scream come from out of the park. Only it sounded more like a siren. Okay. Uh, and I can't do it. Uh-huh. It lasted a full two minutes. Wow, okay. without taking a breath. Now, I can't guarantee it didn't take a breath. Yeah. But it seemed like it. And it was a siren. No. 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 Apparently, it was a mother Bigfoot, and this is the call that they make to call their children back to them. So she was worried that we were going to find her children, and so she started letting out the siren. So the the little big, the little feet would return. To- my, my pal, he had his camcorder on. Hmm. So we recorded the scream on the camcorder. Okay, so you have that. For three months, we were bragging about that and showing it to everybody, playing it. And then he happened to go and look at the video. And what happened was he went into the orchard and he put it on full zoom. He put on the infrared because it was dark by then. Oh, okay. by then. Okay. And he just panned across. So this is the place where he panned across. Okay. There's 24 frames there, and there's a creature on, the, on there. And he didn't see it when he did it. It was only it was afterwards. later that we realized we had something on the tape. Okay. So I went into Photoshop and isolated it. This is it, kind of zoomed in. Stabilized and... it and so on. And oh, so okay. So here we go. It's all happening right in there. Okay. So there's a Bigfoot right now standing behind the foreground tree. 
It steps forward, looks at Ralph, realizes it's there's a guy there looking at him. Really? Can I sit around? Then it had an adrenaline rush. The next thing we know, Ralph's walking up there and smelling this adrenaline rush because it causes an odor from the armpits that's nasty. Okay. We picked up on the smell. Of when you were there. While we were there. You noticed that. Uh, and then uh, we went up and discovered that it was heading into a deer. Oh, if, I, if I may step around. So it went into the park via a deer trail, okay. not on the road. It did not go into the home, and it was hiding from us the whole time we were there. Um, Can you frame by frame that? So here, let me, uh, pl I'll play it now in a loop, and I'll enlarge it so you have a better chance of seeing it. Right there, see? Oh, dark figure. See the dark figure yeah. now stepping into view? Right. Didn't well, he's looking before. at Ralph right now. Okay. And then it goes across, and now it's actually filling up oh, the whole space. Oh, yeah, okay. And now it looks like an upright being with right. a large chest. Right, and see it? And then it disappears oh, into yeah. the bush. It's moving around, okay. And it's heading for the deer trail. For like these four frames, he got very, very detailed on what this all meant. How do you know this? Right, right. Anyways, very grainy footage. He's blown it up, but he's waiting for And do experts. you know what this guy's background is? Is he an ethologist or something? That's a good question. I don't know what his particular background is. I'm trying to think. I mean, of... if he knew animal behavior, I'd give him a little, right. you know, grace room. Anyway, so he's giving me this very detailed kind of psychoanalysis of this Bigfoot. So, I, you know, I thought, all right, I'm going to be clever here. Now, I'm curious, like, how many do you think there would need to be to sustain a breeding population? I heard a population biologist say there would only need to be about 2,000 in all of North America. Okay. To account for 400 or so sightings that take place each year. Yeah, it's been a lot of time that they've been I around. I think there's a lot more than that. Okay, more than 2,000. Because they've been around here. They were here when the Indians were here. They were here watching us when we took over. Hmm. And they've been hiding from us now for 300 years, and they're still here. This is a good... In the meantime, they have traveled all across the country, and they've been hybridizing with human beings. And he had this large map up, and it had, like, little pushpins everywhere in Santa Cruz where there had been a sighting. Okay. And, uh, yeah, some of them were right where I had been earlier that earlier very that day. Earlier that very day! Harry, and I did not see a Bigfoot. <sighs> I walked all through the woods. We went off the beaten path, even, and I did not see any big feet. Well, Ross, did this inspire you to want to do an investigation, a thorough investigation on Bigfoot? How would you do that? I don't know. We'll you just discuss like, it. You keep tromping through the woods. Oh, by all means, I will, I will chase down any purported Bigfeet. Yeah. Wherever they may go. We should see. And if listeners have a suggestion about where we might go to investigate Bigfoot, I would be willing to listen. Another thing, which is kind of sad, he was saying, you know, it's nice when people really take an interest because there's skeptics out there. Oh, really? They don't come in they and try to... throw rocks at the building or, or throw uh, tampons dripping with ketchup at us and toilet paper. What? Really? Or shoot BBs through the front window or knock out the window of Ralph's car. That's terrible. Little vandalism things. But they don't come in uh, and try they, to debate you or anything. They've run by here in Bigfoot suits and tried to get us to... Uh, take photos or something. To, to take it seriously. Huh. They've given me fake photos and tried to... Uh, to see to, if you'll fall for to them. To see if I'll fall for the fake sure. photos. Oh, God. And, yeah, I felt really sad like that that was his association. With, yeah, that's uh, too bad. All he did was uh, donate seven bucks and nice. thank him for his time. Um, yeah, it was a very sweet interaction. He, he he was more than happy to let me come behind the counter and look up close and squint at his footage. Uh, and uh, apparently that's supposed to be online soon. Oh, so, great. Yeah. Hopefully. Well, we'll definitely link to it when it's up. Oh, yeah. You can go yeah. to the Bigfoot Discovery Museum website. So, yeah, left on really great terms and uh, had a great time at the Bigfoot Discovery Museum. Oh, uh, well, I'm yeah. glad you got to go on vacation when I got to go on investigation vacation. That worked out nicely. Investigation. You know, I once went on a hike... Uh, with another group here in the L.A. area. Haven't talked about that yet because we were hoping to do some more stuff right. with them. But I remember like a few people talking amongst themselves and I heard someone say, well, it could be a psychic Bigfoot. <laughs> and I was like, yes. And But I was really sad I'd missed the lead up to that yeah, part of the absolutely. conversation. But it was like something where, you know, like, oh, this doesn't make sense. A Bigfoot could do this. And they're like, well, it could have been a psychic Bigfoot. <laughs> So maybe there will be more big feet in our future. I hope so. Yeah. I would like that. If any of you have any sightings, we will track those down. We yeah, will go yeah. look for Bigfoot. Yeah, absolutely. Tell us where you've heard the most interesting Bigfoot claims and we'll check it out. So, Ross, before we go on to our to our overview, mm -hmm. 
We have some donors to thank. Donors! Now, now I know what you guys are thinking. Oh my God, this usually takes forever. Don't worry, we've got your back. We're going to say them faster. Thanks to popular demand. Ready? No. Oh. Because first, I want to give a really big, big thanks. Huge thanks. Huge thanks. To Kirsten Larson. All right. So thank you, Kirsten. Thank you, Kirsten. Okay. And thank you, William Patterson and Joanna Rutowska. It was my turn. Martin Dempsey again? He always donates. And Morden O'Hare. Mike Broyles. Rihanna Ulrich. Oh my goodness, that's my friend, Rihanna. Woo! <laughs> Rihanna. Amanda Bradley. Andrew Stein. And Josh Green. Woo! Thank you, guys. Thank you all so much. Um, that was so- really fast, Carrie. Well done. <laughs> Thank you. That's what you just said. plowed through our donors. I try. Okay, so Ross, looking back, we're gonna have to do our our rankings according to our own separate investigations. Uh, so your pseudoscience rating for the Bigfoot Museum? Should oh. we do it for that? Or do yeah. You, okay. Okay. Your your pseudoscience rating for the Bigfoot Museum, where ten is something completely pseudoscientific, like like okay, right. okay, this is silly, but like you're you're made of goat sperm. Like, all of me? All of you is made of goat sperm. Okay. Um, That's ridiculous. I know. I and then it. one is something completely scientific. Like, what would be, like, the gold standard of Oh, like something that's, like, proven theory. beyond any kind of reasonable like there's, doubt? Yeah, there's, like, no room. Like, it would for, be perverse for, not to accept yeah, it. Yeah, it would be silly. Uh, silly. Well, I mean, it, something like evolution. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. Yeah, the theory okay. of, of evolution, yeah. All right. Exactly. Well, you know what? I'm going to give it a lower score than I think most people might expect. I'll, I'll say four. There, there would be nothing supernatural about Bigfoot, unless it's a psychic mm-hmm. Bigfoot. But um, <laughs> a regular Bigfoot, you know, being some sort of close relative who lives in the forest, that wouldn't be a supernatural claim. That would just be an amazing discovery that, that somehow eluded us all this time. Mm-hmm. I'd say it's very unlikely, but there can be legitimate inquiry. And I think you find, like, quite the range of people, you know, who have a more scientific approach towards it and those who certainly do not. Uh, and certainly I experienced a bit of speculation from my salty mm-hmm. sea captain friend, Mike. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, I don't think he was too out of bounds. Okay. So, yeah, I'll say four. How about you, Carrie? What would you give your experience in Sedona, Arizona? It seemed pretty pulled out of nowhere. My diner friend notwithstanding, mm-hmm. it seemed like just this one lady, Paige Bryant, just was like, hey, there are vortexes here. And the people are like, okay. <laughs> and that just... Seems, Good enough for me. <laughs> yeah, that seems to be all that happened here. And I didn't feel anything there different from standing in a beautiful place anywhere. Right. That's just not based in any scientific inquiry at all as far as i could tell mm-hmm. so eight eight pretty high yeah. yeah yeah okay no i think that's justified well then carrie what would you give your experience in arizona on a mm-hmm. pocket drainer value where 10 is something incredibly draining like not just paying rent once but like paying rent for two different places at once where you're, you... you're just saying that because i'm doing that right now because i'm moving right and Ugh. then one is something incredibly not pocket draining like staying at your parents place for a few months you're right that's only emotionally draining <laughs> okay um your results zero i mean unless you live far away which i do so it was expensive for me to go there right it's but... funny that you would say that because it's like our most expensive yeah. investigation yet <laughs> it's true but i mean going on the hikes is free Okay. Yeah. No one's there to stop you. I did have to pay $10 to park in one of the parks. $2 for this rock that focuses your rationality? Yeah. That was 2 bucks. Yeah, I mean, the quartz added up to like $17 or something, but that was all not required. So there's probably like all kinds of tchotchkes. That you could add on, sure. Sure. But for the pure experience of the claim, pretty much free. Okay. Yeah, it seems like it's a... A form of belief that's very compatible with very, you know, like low-income people. Who, oh, for sure. There yeah. were people who, like, live out of their cars I was going to say, yep. who may or may not live in an old Volkswagen van. Yeah, exactly. It's been painted. Did you see anything like that there? Like, legitimate hippie not stuff? Not a Volkswagen van. I did, actually, the cabbie tree, he mentioned having had a Volkswagen. And I said, a van again? Because I just assumed it was. And he was like, no. And then I was like, oh. <laughs> 
So, no, but no, I don't think I saw any vans. But there were, yeah, there were people who actually mentioned, like, technically being homeless. They didn't consider themselves homeless, but they lived out of their vehicles. Okay. Mm-hmm. Actually, I might have seen more tie-dye in Santa Cruz. Very oh, probably. Hi- hippie town that I come from. Uh, pocket drainer value for what I did, uh, zero. Yeah, same thing. Because uh, he didn't even ask for a donation. He just had a little tip jar there. Nice. Well, here are some cheap things to do as long as you are in the right place. All right. What about creepiness rating? Where 10 is something very, very no, no, creepy. No, 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 Carrie. I'm not going to let you come up with the <laughs> creepiness scale. I don't know how this always works out. Not today. <laughs> today I come up with the creepiness all scale. Right, all right, all right. Here we go. 10 is something incredibly creepy. Like... <laughs> Not today. You're talking to someone and they're, they like turn their head, which is fine. You know, that's fine. But then they keep turning their head mm. and it spins all the way around. Like the exorcist, okay, huh? You got it. Right. And it may involve vomit. I'm not sure. But one would be something. Went on my part. One is something not creepy at all. Like right now, see this? Like I'm turning my neck. All right. I'm done. You popping your neck. It didn't even pop. All right. <laughs> It's not creepy at all. Uh, what would you give your experience? And then two. I mean, there's a little bit of that like mystical feeling, which and like has sort the of long a, a creepy hug edge. That seems. Oh like- yeah, I don't think I can fairly say that's part of the standard investigation. Sure, but it but might be indicative of the kind of people you meet. There. It could be. It but- seems like you had a few creepy hit-ons there with the flutist. Oh well, no, nah, he was he was nice, but um, and being led down to the river with no explanation. All right, all right, fine. <laughs> Fine, it's a six. It's a six. No, okay. I think it's. I, I still think it's like a two. I mean, it okay. maybe registers just because of the sort of mysticism involved, but I didn't feel creeped out. Except for you're right. During the long hug, I felt creeped out. All right, I'm content now. Uh, yeah, mine creepiness one. Yeah, there was nothing creepy about this. You I, can you can be one of those assholes who's like, you know, how much do you love me on a scale of one to ten? Negative three. Oh man. You know. Ouch. Someone said that to you? I don't want to talk, right, so, talk about it. <laughs> you know, I would love to uh, tromp off in the woods after Bigfoot. That would be fun. I mean, the whole idea of the siren sound. No, that's not creepy either. So, one. What one. about danger rating? Where a 10 is something very dangerous, like performing Harry Carry on yourself. No, don't do that. And <laughs> one is something not at all dangerous, like... Buying new glasses on the internet from China. Okay. Which I did. It was great. Yeah, well, I'm, again, I'm going to say one. Uh, no danger here. You're going in a museum. Uh, maybe some skeptics might throw things at you. Yeah. But, Jerks. I mean, if you go wandering off in the woods, you, you stand the danger of perhaps getting lost. That's mm. not good. Don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> I once got lost in the woods in Montana. It was really scary, actually. But um, I've been lost in the woods, too. It's horrible. Yeah, you don't like it. And in it. a cave. I got lost in a cave, too. Oh, my God. These are all other stories. They were all the same summer, though. Anyways, how about you, Carrie? What do you rate on a danger value? Your uh, experience? Again, probably a two. I mean, hiking has a certain inherent danger. You could fall off a mountain, I guess. But <laughs> other than that... <laughs> oh, no, 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 Ross. You're rem- because you you're know what I just the, remembered. The tuning forks. No, I'm remembering that... <laughs> There were claims that people could go there and be cured of things like cancer. Oh. And my rating completely changed. Just completely changed. Yeah, no, good point. Because no one says like, oh, Bigfoot's going to cure your cancer. Right. So I don't know how common that claim is. It didn't seem like that's the pervasive belief. It seems like mostly people went there for a sort of mental refocusing. Mm-hmm. But I did hear that claim from more than one person more than one time. So... I'm going to go right into the middle here and say maybe a five. Okay. What then, out of all these experiences, would you say was your favorite moment? Mm. I think it was as I was sitting on the woven mat, thinking about all the things I had to let go, having a man bang a bunch of tuning forks all (laughs) over my ears and body, and thinking, this is not a vortex. (laughs) But I'm paying for it. 
How much did you pay for that? Time. I think it was $120 for the two-hour tour. <gasps> what? Really? Yeah. Thanks, donors. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Holy crap. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I would be pissed. Like, where's my vortex? Yeah. Uh-huh. Dude. He did drop me off at the rent-a-car place, though, so I could rent a car. Convenient. That was nice. Yeah. I did not tip him, I tell you what. I was right. like, goodbye, Kurt. You were nice, but mm-mm-mm-mm. My favorite moment... I think would be when I felt I'd gained his trust so that he offered to show me the video of his Bigfoot mm. that he had not yet released for anyone else to nice. look at, except yeah. for the Bigfoot spurts. Very nice. Yeah. Well done. Mm-hmm. About Ross. What about if Bigfoot is listening to this and he or she is thinking, you know, that was a really fair assessment of my museum. And I want to support this show so that it can go on. That they can find me in the woods. What can this Bigfoot do? What can Bigfoot do to support the show? She can go to onopodcast.com slash... Forward slash. Donate. Donate. And you know, Ross, I've mentioned it before, but I believe it got cut from the show. I always get confused by forward slashes. Yeah, (laughs) we need to clarify for Carrie. So if you're ever giving her like a web address... (laughs) I always have to think about it. I don't know why. I'm not some dummy here. But for some reason, I always think, okay, okay. It's the way the top is facing. The top <laughs> falls forward. <laughs> and I picture a little person falling forward. Oh, like like leaning into the wind? Yeah. I'm sure our listeners already have this down pat. Yeah, I'm sure. But I'm glad you've clarified <laughs> I'm sure they're not sitting around Forward slash donate. What the fuck is a forward slash? Yeah. Well, that's it for our show. Our producer is Ian Kramer. And our theme music was written by Brian Keith Dalton of Mr. Deity fame. Go to MrDeity.com. And remember, you can find us on the web at onopodcast.com or facebook.com forward slash onrack. And remember, it's a little creepy to overcharge for a cab ride so you can knock off $10 for a hug. Guys, don't do that. And remember, if you see a Bigfoot in the forest, just pretend you're a tree. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <I got> it. <laughs> <laughs>